Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. can tell stories of healings and missions trips and God's generals that just inspire us to want more. And Pastor Bishop has a prophetic anointing. And I am a teacher. I am a teacher through and through. I can speak, I can preach, but I love to teach. And so today we're going to focus on one verse, actually a verse and a half in James 1, James 1, 5 through 6a. And we're going to go through it word by word, and we'll look at different cross-references in the Bible. But this is called an expository sermon. We are sticking to the Word. And when you leave today, you are going to know this Scripture, and you're going to know what it means, and you're going to know how to apply it in your life. So if you will turn with me to James 1, and you've got a lot of things on your handout, so you can go home and study this later. I haven't been preaching for about five months. Our son is immunocompromised, so we laid low for a little while at home and watched online. I've been in seminary. I just finished Greek 2, and um, I didn't do that badly, did I, Mom? Lindsay, Brian, didn't do that badly. I, I did, had a lot of extra credit. I did well. I love it. My brain is designed for language learning, and we've decided I'm going to do a certificate in biblical languages. So four classes of Greek, two of Hebrew, and so much easier than reading a book and writing a paper. <laughs> and so during this time, I've been ministering to my family, my nieces, my son, my husband, my dog been taking care of everybody, and I've been, um, estoy aprendiendo espanol mucho, cada día, podcast y películas, so a mis amigas bienvenidos. So I've been learning Spanish. God has just told me to learn Spanish. So I haven't been here ministering, but I've been ministering in all these other ways, and sometimes I felt a little lost, kind of drifting, and God will always say, what's the last thing I told you to do? And it was to love those twins. And it was go to seminary. And probably 10 years ago was learn Spanish. So I've just been focusing on the last thing. But I'm honored to be here today. We're going to read James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And I'm going to read. I've got a variety of verses. I've got this verse memorized in the New King James. So that's where we'll be today. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we have a command. We have the character of God sandwiched right in the middle, and then we have a promise. And on your outline, you'll see how I somewhat diagrammed this. Because when you're reading scriptures, there are all these different prepositional phrases. There's adverbs. There's adjectives. There's all kinds of things. And when you break down, you know, some of those scriptures that Paul wrote were, you know, eight verses is just one sentence. So I like to break things down. 
if any of you lacks wisdom, the word wisdom in the Greek is the name Sophia. It's the word Sophia. If any of you know someone named Sophia in the Greek language, that is wisdom. What is wisdom? It's the ability for us to live a godly life. It's the ability for us to know how to live. And don't you know that in these times that we're in, we need wisdom to know how to live. Do you get a COVID vaccine or not? What do you say in a cancel culture? What can you say? How do we understand issues of immigration, racial reconciliation? Should you apply for a new job? What do you say to your teenager? In all these areas, in health and family and work, finances, we need wisdom. I needed wisdom to write this message. I needed a lot of wisdom. And God is faithful, and he gave it to me. We need wisdom. But what I love about Scripture, there's two words that I really love in Scripture. There's any and all. And in my Bible, I just circle those words, any and all. The Scripture says, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, he could have just said, if you lack wisdom. But no, no, no. He said, if any of you lack wisdom. If the one that, that got drunk before they came to church today. If you need wisdom, let him ask of God. If the one who has a prodigal, if that's you, if you need wisdom, let him ask of God. If you're struggling with pornography, you need wisdom to know how to get out. Let him ask of God. There's no disqualification there. It doesn't say only the ones that read their Bibles every day can ask of God. I don't even meet that criteria. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't say only those ones that go to intercession can ask for God. Only those ones that serve at the food pantry. No, no, no. If any... If any, I just love that. Y'all, I am the any. I am the any. I am the any. It includes everyone. I love in Luke 15, it's the story of the prodigal son. Now, this son took his father's inheritance, went off and squandered it, and found himself in a pigsty. He's in a pigsty. And like the pigs are better off than he is. And in Luke 15, verse 17, it says, but when he came to his senses, that man finally got some wisdom. He is one of those, if any. He needed wisdom. God gave him wisdom in the pigsty. So some of you today may even feel disqualified to even ask. But it says, if any, if any of you, if any, any, any lack wisdom, love that. It says, let him ask of God. Now, anytime you see let him ask, it's usually, it's called an exhortation. It's something that they're telling us, this is what you do. If you're in this situation, this is what you do. Let him ask of God. Now, in the Greek language, there are all these different um, Moods, like in Spanish, there's the subjunctive mood, there's the imperative. In the Greek, there's these different moods, and it's, it's probability. Like there's the command, do this. And then there's another one that's, hmm, do this. And then there's another one that says, well, you might do this. And then another that says, well, in the distant, distant future, this might happen. So there's these levels of probability. That's what they called mood. And the imperative is a command. But there's two ways that they can write this command. Two ways, two tenses. The first one is present tense. 
Here's the example. It's continuous. Four years ago, I said, Pastor Tom, can I preach? And he said, "Mm, maybe you should teach a Bible study first on Wednesday night. And then three years ago, I came back and I said, Pastor Tom, will you let me preach? And he said, well, what would you teach? And what's your motive? So I spent a whole year thinking about what is my motive? Do I just want attention? Because I love attention, honestly. You know, do, what do, do I just want, get to hold the microphone? But no, over a year, God showed me my motive was to serve him and this house, to teach you the word, and my selfish motive was to learn, to learn how to do it. So then, two years ago, I came back, a third, and I was like, this is my third and final time. <laughs> Pastor Tom, can I preach? And he said, mm, let's look at a date. It was a continuous asking, let him ask and keep on asking. But some of you know the story that about 25 years ago, when I finally convinced Brian with a scripture that he could be my spiritual leader, I said, aren't you going to ask me to marry you right now? (laughs) Like, we were sitting in in the sweatpants. Aren't you going to ask me to marry you right now? And how many times did I have to ask you that? Once. So there's the continuous asking, like me saying, Pastor Willie, ¿cuándo predica en español por su congregación? ¿Cuándo? Estoy disponible. When do I get to preach in your Spanish congregation? I'm available. I'm just available. Just whenever you might need me, I'm here. So there's a continuous asking that's a little persistent and maybe a little annoying. And there's the once and done. Brian was the once and done. Continuous, once and done. Now, when James was writing this passage, he knows all about this um, mood stuff in the Greek language. He knows he could write it continuous. You need to do this continuously, or you need to do it once and be done with it. James says, ask and keep on asking. It's It's continuous. It's present tense. Ask. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Keep on asking. Now, a cross-reference would be, I believe it's Matthew 7. Let's see. Let me get ahead. Yeah, Matthew 7, verse 7. And this is a good cross-reference with the same verb tense. It's present active imperative. It's exactly the same. And I'm going to read from a couple different translations that pick up on this nuance in the Greek language. The Amplified, which Miss Marion loves. Isn't that right? Don't you love the Amplified? These are the words of Jesus. This is red letter. And Jesus knew, is this a continuous or is it a once and done? Jesus says, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and it will be open to you. The New Living, which Pastor Tom likes, it, it picks up on the same thing. Keep on asking, Matthew 7, 7, and you will receive. So I want to give us a couple other, um, other cross-references for you to see this persistent, annoying asking. Right, Pastor Willie? Annoying. So turn with me to Luke 11, verse 5. It's also on your handout. And this, the context of this is Jesus, they said, 
Lord, how do we pray? And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And then he demonstrates another aspect of how we should pray with this story. Luke eleven five, And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, because a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside the house, he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in the bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything just because he's his friend, yet because of his shamelessness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. This happened to me recently. I was in the bed. I think it was a Saturday night. Yeah, Lindsay was there with me. And a friend showed up at my door, and she knocked. She needed help, and she needed money. And because I love this friend, I got up out of the bed, and I helped her out. And Pat was involved, um, but we helped this friend. Now, I did that because I love my friend. She's known me, like, she's known me 25 years. She, she knows everything about me. She loves me anyway. But what this um, story is teaching us, that word shamelessness, it means persistent. The, the real word is importunate. And I don't even know what that word is, but I looked it up. And it says persistence and annoying. So in this story, the man got up and helped, not because of the friendship, because the, the person wouldn't go away. He just kept knocking. I need help. Knocking. I need help. Knocking, I need help. Continuous. Jesus says because of his shamelessness, his persistence, his annoyance, his importunity, he would get up out of the bed and help him. In Luke 18, we find the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Luke 18, verse 1. I'm going to read this to you. Now, he was, this is Jesus, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged. Don't you know between the ask and the keep on asking, we get discouraged? (laughs) It's hard to ask and keep on asking. We want immediate results. Like, I want the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, I want it fast, I want it now, I want it hot and fresh. We want it fast. Verse 2. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect any person. But there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me justice against my opponent. For a while, he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God nor respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. She was persistent. She was a little annoying, a little annoying. Sometimes people, you know, when God tells you something and you know that it's God's eventual plan for you, you just keep pushing. You just keep pushing. 
And in the same way, when we have needs that only our Father can provide, we have to keep asking. And these parables and these stories by Jesus are showing that we're to continue to ask. And even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you don't need to turn there, but Jesus went and prayed. I'll give you the reference. should be on your handout. Mark 14. Jesus said, you know, all things are possible for you, yet not my will but yours be done. And he kept having to go back and check on the disciples because they were sleeping. But in Mark 14, 39, it says, again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. Saying the same words. Jesus went back and prayed the same words. Now, if anybody had faith, it was Jesus. But it says he went back and prayed the same words. It was a continual prayer of his heart. So, I hope that helps you see that that there's a difference between the asking once and being done and the continual asking. And here when James says, let him ask for wisdom, it is let him ask and keep on asking. That's what the tense says. So, I somewhat summarized it. If any of you, any of you, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And keep on asking. So that first part of that verse, that is about your situation and what you're to do. That's all about you. And the second half of the verse is about the truth of God. And if there's anything I love to do, it is to teach people who God really is. What is he really like? What is his nature? So we're going to look at that, the second half of James 1, 5. Let him ask of God who gives to all, and then he tells two ways that God gives, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So the second half of this verse is a command with a promise. You've got the situation, your command, and your promise. So I like to break this down. When you look at this verse, who is it about? It's about God. What is it about? He gives, and it's implied wisdom, because that's what we're talking about here. To whom? To all. To all. He could have just said he gives wisdom liberally without reproach, but he gives wisdom to all. How? Liberally and without reproach. So when we need wisdom, we go to God. Most of us, well, I've actually taught my nieces When they have a question, what do I tell you to do? But who do I tell you to ask? Well, Google. (laughs) I've taught them to ask Google. Like if they'll say, well, what time is such and such? And I'll just say, ask Google. What's the address for such and such? Ask Google. In our society, because it's the information age, we are so quick to ask Google. Google for wisdom. But James says, who does James tell us to ask for wisdom? God. God. Are we going to God first for wisdom? Or are we looking at what, how others handled something or other information? In all these situations, ask God. Ask God. God knows what you're supposed to do. 
He knows. Let him ask of God. Has God ever given you bad advice? No. Have people given you bad advice? Yes. Let him ask of God. I love that. And God is a giver. I've got a couple cross-references. 2 Peter 1, 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He's a giver. Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. Wow. God gives wisdom. Psalm 51, 6. In secret, you will make wisdom known to me. So we know God, what does he do? God gives. What does he give? God gives wisdom. And who does he give it to? To all. Not just the perfect ones. Not just the ones that never have any angry thoughts. Not just the ones that pray for a certain amount of time. If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, any and all. I think it's important that those are there. The best part of this verse is how God gives wisdom. Pastor Tom, can I have the microphone? So I want to share a little story, and I'm not going to name names, but I have a lot of young ladies that I mentor, and family members, little girls in Canada. I've got all kinds of young girls. Am I still on? Oh, I'm using both microphones. Bless my heart. I love the mic, and this, like, this is great. I love it. So one of them went to the beach, and when you have a young girl going to the beach at the beginning of the summer, we're all pale, all all of you older women, wise women, mamas, what would you tell them to do? Put on sunscreen. So what did I say? Put on sunscreen. What do you think she did? She didn't put on sunscreen. Now, our first reaction, my mama is here, and she's going to help me. Will you stand up? Because we both have on yellow. Mama, whenever you give me advice, and I don't listen, and I make a mess, what might you say? I told you so. (laughs) I told you so. I told you so. Now, do you think I told you so is a compassionate answer for someone who's made a mess? Of something? No. I told you so is an answer of righteous pride. It's about me. I, I told you so. If you would have just listened to me, you wouldn't have got sunburn or sun poisoning. Now, I'll be honest with this sweet girl. I didn't just come out and say, I told you so. I just said, what did I tell you? (laughs) I just said it sweetly. What did I tell you? I texted it real sweet. And then I said, how do you feel? But I did say, what did I tell you? Because I did tell her. So what I want you to know is that in contrast, when we ask God for wisdom, how does he give it? Generously, without reproach. This term, without reproach, it means without shaming. And the Holman translation catches this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing. God is not going to rub it in. He's not going to say, I told you not to do that. That's your own fault that you're in that pigsty. You just stay there. He's not going to gloat and say, well, if you would just listen to me. 
No, it says he gives to all without reproach. That is what I want you to see about the character of God. God does not say, I told you so. God is not a God who's sitting up there with righteous pride saying, if you had just done it my way. He's saying, oh, I'm so sorry that you're hurting. I'm so sorry that you're broken, that you're crushed, that you're at the end of your rope. I'm so sorry that you just want to be in heaven with me. He's not a righteous judge saying, no, 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 no. No, he's saying, okay, here you are. You need my help. You've asked me. Okay, let me help you get out of it. That's what generously means and without reproach. He doesn't rub it in. He doesn't criticize. He doesn't say, well, if you would just listen to me. Remember, Jesus cried over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. God is broken when we are broken. God hurts when we hurt. God wants to help when we need help. Jesus left the 99 sheep to go after the one. He's always waiting for us to cry out to him. He's waiting for us to ask him for wisdom. And when we ask, how does he give it? Generously. He'll give you everything you need. He'll give you every strategy you need. He'll tell you exactly what to do. And he's not going to shame you. God is not a righteous, he's righteous, but he's not a righteous, pridefully, ju prideful judge that wants to make you feel small and, punity, small and puny. No, he loves you. Like a father. Like a father. How can I help you? Let me help you. Do this first. Take this first step. I believe that's what that scripture means. That God doesn't shame us when we come to him for help. And Hebrews 4.16 tells us to come to that throne of grace. To receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Not to be lectured or put down or shamed. James 3.16, just a little bit later in that book, describes heavenly wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. That is what godly wisdom looks like. It doesn't rub it in. But it's gentle and peaceable, full of mercy. So I like to look at the verse this way, describing the truth of God. When asked for wisdom, God gives to all, liberally and without reproach. This is the truth of who God is. When you mind that scripture, you come out with the character and the nature of God. When we need help, he gives it to us. He gives us wisdom to know the next step. He doesn't hold anything back. Like I have a chocolate drawer at home, and I'll tell my daughter, you can eat this, 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 and this, but you can't have those dark chocolate caramel squares. Can't have those. Like I hold back, but God doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold back. Okay, so let's look briefly at the next verse, because this is where it gets confusing. 
This is where it gets confusing. And you will rarely hear me teach about faith because I'm much better teaching about grace and mercy. We all have our areas where, um, where God really uses us. Bishop's area, the law of faith. Okay, it says, but he must ask in faith without wavering. Without wavering. This is that same present active imperative continuous tense. It's the same tense as the beginning of the verse. He must ask and keep on asking in faith. Well, what does that mean? Ask and keep on asking in faith. Some of us might wonder, does, does that make sense? Without doubting, let him ask and keep on asking in faith without doubting. The word faith in the Greek is it's pistis, and it can be translated as faith, trust, confidence in God. It's a confidence in that character and nature of God. And my New Testament and Greek professor talked a lot about this word, and he said a better translation for it is often trust. Because we can't really say, I faith. We can say, I believe. But we can't say, I faith. But we can say, I trust. So it's a, a way that he liked to put it. So I wrote this on your handout. Let him ask and keep on asking, trusting in God, having confidence in God, without doubting. Because when we start to put the focus on who God is and less on how we do it, if we're following the right formula, did we pray the right words? But when we put it on who God is, God can't help himself but to help us. It's his nature. He just can't even help himself. If we say, God, help me, he's like, okay, I'm right there, I'm on it. Like when my nieces, when they say, I need to go to the desk, okay, I'm on the phone. I'm calling all over. Where can I find an oral surgeon? What do we have to do? When they need help, I'm like, I'm on it. Unless it's nap time, then you're on your own, Right? Don't mess with me at nap time. But what I love about this is it's about the character of God. Now, I didn't want to go here because you might ask me, well, what about when Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark 11? What about when he says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted and then Jesus says to them, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, there I, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray, believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. I wasn't going to go there because often it looks like it's a believe once and done. Like I asked Brian, like, okay, God, I'm going to ask you, give me wisdom for this decision. And I believe God gave it to me and then I'm done. But in this verse... Jesus could have chosen to believe once and be done with it. Or he could have chosen to say, believe and keep on believing. Jesus says, believe and keep on believing. He chose this same present, active, imperative command, continuous, over and over. Believe and keep on believing that you've received it. Because it might not be instantaneous. But that doesn't mean you stop believing. He, Jesus says, believe and keep on believing. Believe and keep on believing. And it will be given to you. How am I doing with that, Pastor Bishop? Doing okay with it? Okay, good. Believe and keep on believing. And I put on your handout the Lisa translation. 
because it's believe and keep on believing. So, in conclusion, gosh, I might even make it by noon. Look at me. (laughs) Pastor Tom once asked me, be done by noon, and so I'm still living by that rule. (laughs) I am. The last part of James 1.5 is the promise. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. We now know. Let him ask and keep on asking. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And then here's the promise. And it will be given to him. So we have the situation. We have the command. We have the character of God. And we have the promise. And I believe the character of God is what drives the promise. Not if we do it perfectly, because I don't do it perfectly. God actually healed me of migraines in the month that I was railing on him for not healing me. I mean, God and I were having it out that I was not healed. You could see it in my journal. I was so angry. And in that same month, he healed me. I did not do it right. I anoint, yeah. It's like, your word says I'm supposed to be this. I'm not this. Why am I not this? If this is love, I don't know what this is. And I railed. And God healed me. So the character of God is what drives God to help you. He wants to help you. We all have situations in our lives right now where we need help, where we need wisdom, where we don't know what to do. James was very clear when you're in that situation, and we probably all are today, this is what you do. Ask God. And because God does not criticize, he's not a righteous gloater, he doesn't rub it in, he's going to help you with compassion because he knows your heart hurts and is confused and needs help. That is what I want you to know about God today. That is what I want you to do. So I want you to think about that situation in your life. Have you asked, first of all? I get angry at God when I'm in pain and I haven't even asked for healing. Have you asked? Have you asked? And then when you didn't learn what you wanted to learn, it didn't work out, ask again. And then you ask again. And you annoy him. And be persistent. And because of your shamelessness, your persistence, your knocking, your asking, your keeping on asking, there's a promise he's going to give it to you. He's not going to abandon you when you want to know how to minister to someone, when you want to know what to do. My family has a big decision right now. My son was offered a job in Wisconsin, like 16 hours away. And the day after Mother's Day, the plan is I'm getting on a plane and flying to Wisconsin with my son. Miss Addie knows I don't fly well. I don't fly well. Sometimes I need just a little medication. I have to carry my little bear with me. And Miss Addie, she would rub my head and hold my hand. But I can fly. I can fly because God has given me wisdom to know how. So we need wisdom. God has given it to us. Walking this out and trusting him and keeping on asking. So, would you like to close us in prayer? Thank you, Lord. So good. Thank you, Lisa. So perfect with how God orchestrated everything today. I didn't know you were going to do the prodigal. And so some of you received words of knowledge today for healing, both by live stream. Be persistent this week. 
Keep asking. Don't, don't let, well, God's not going to do Don't watch what you say, right? Just, so let's stand. I want to invite the ministry team, if you'll come forward. If you need uh, any additional prayer this morning, come and be with us. Um, if you have any questions, some, we have some visitors here this morning. I'll be, uh, Pastor Willie and I and Nilsa will be in, uh, in the cafe if you'd like to ask any questions. Uh, we're really blessed. So men's group tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Don't hesitate to come to men's group. Also, uh, we've got Ladies Pursuit. You see all those things in the bulletin. And Wednesday night, we're doing the teaching. Pastor Terry's doing the teaching out of uh, intercession, the power of prayer. So we're going to continue in that. So, And don't forget this conference this weekend. When, um, when Ruth was here last year with, um, with um, Abner, she has a word prophetically, and she's coming with a team. So Saturday, set it aside, 1 to 3, and then 6 to 8 this Saturday, prophetically, she's going to come. And then she'll be here for Mother's Day. We've got a, a, a whole women's worship team, so we're going to focus on you ladies and bless the Lord. And Ruth's going to come and deliver some power to us as well. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We give you thanks and praise. I feel like we were in church this morning. It's awesome. I bless all that you're doing, those listening by live stream. Thank you, Jim, for wrestling through. Did we stay up? We stayed up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. God bless you all. Have a great day.